point every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. Today's podcast is something a little bit different to what I normally do. The idea was born out of a chat I had with the Beer Pilgrim on episode 23, where we spoke about our love of beer tourism. After that, I decided to put a message out via my Facebook page to see if anyone else had a beer tourism story they wanted to share, and lo and behold, they did. So this is the first of what I hope will be an ongoing series where a few of you get to share your experiences with all of us. And if you have a story you want to tell, reach out to me. Shoot me an email, beerhealer at internode.on.net or message me on Facebook. Tonight I've got Matt King with me. He's uh, from South Australia. He's a bit of a craft beer nut, but he also does a bit more when it comes to craft beer. Matt, tell us a bit about your background in the in the industry, buddy. Yeah, so I moved to South Australia about uh, seven years ago, um, moving from Queensland, um, and I started to do some writing for the Crafty Pint. So my first story was on Pirate Life and their new brewery, which is uh, quite topical because they just had their fourth birthday and their new opening. Um, But yeah, I've just been writing for Crafty Pint since then. And uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to start my own website, which is thecraftbeerking.com, which is a South Australian-focused website. We have uh, all the directories directories on there and a few other bits and pieces, um, and also do a few events and things like that um, where I do some stage work. Oh, nice one, nice one. So tonight... I've asked you to jump on because I'm really interested in beer tourism, whether it be within Australia or anywhere around the world. And I just want to get your point of view on how great it was when you took your trip down the Murray in a houseboat. Yeah, so I, I cruising the Murray was the name of the the article. Um, so my parents actually flew in from Queensland, and it was a winter time, which you don't really associate with cruising on the Murray because you think, no. oh, summer, you know, skiing. But we thought we'd, we'd do it anyway, and. Um, the Woolshed Brewery, they have the houseboats. Uh, they've got three of them, two bigger ones and one smaller one. And you can actually go to the brewery and you can get a 19-litre keg or two and put them on the actual boat, which is awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we decided to get a 19-litre keg of the IPA and we took off in the afternoon after a short lesson and um, caught the, the falling sun on the, the rocks of this big bank. It's amazing. Um, it just turned them to red. It just looked like they are on fire. It did. Um, so yeah, we pulled up in the afternoon and then we jumped off the boat, dug a bit of a hole and got a fire going. And then when we were finished with the fire, we decided to jump back on the boat and get dinner sorted and sleep in the comforts of the boat. Fantastic. And, and literally as the sun's going down, you are drinking the freshest of fresh beer that's been purchased by you guys at the local brewery. Yeah. Local brewery. Yeah. Full draft system on the boat. Yeah. Full draft system on the boat. Um, literally he pretty much the guy filled the keg and then rolled it down to us, um, as we were about to kick off. So it was fresh as, um, you know, uh, really, really great and tasty. I love their IPA because it's just not quite too malty and it's not too overhopped as well. Um, but, yeah, and then the next day we decided to get up and have breakfast and, you know, check out the scenery and check the pelicans out. And we took off about 10 o'clock, I think. Um, we cruised down the river a bit for about, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours, uh, nice and leisurely. Um, and then you just find a spot to pull up and, pulled up for the night and you go for a bit of a wander around and it's amazing what you find when you actually wander around in the bush because there's like these really old bottles and later on the head brewer at Woolshed told me that I should have taken it because it's an actual collectible. <laughs> but oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those real old school um, uh, pickaxe uh, bottles, a real smaller version. There's plenty yep. of the, the big ones around, but 
Yeah, we found that. We found a, um, a brown snake that had um, been deheaded by a bird by the looks of it. Oh. Yeah, got back to the boat and again in the afternoon as the, the sun was going down over the Murray, we dug another hole and put a fire up and, and then, yeah, back on the boat for dinner and a few more beers. So, yeah. A few more beers. Your beers. Yeah. Oh, that's just that's just a, such a fantastic story of just getting out at one with nature and still having a fresh craft beer to yeah. enjoy at the end of your day. We did about three nights in total, um, and you know, it was, surely you would have run out of beer after three nights. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because uh, we we bought some other beers along as well because we wanted to you know play around with a bit of different styles. So we bought some some barley wines and some stouts as well because it was cold oh, at yeah. night. So um, and yeah, by the end of it, because I was actually driving the boat, so you actually have to put it in at point zero five. So you can actually have oh, yes, a beer sure. as you're going down the boat, the Murray, uh, but as long as you're underneath that limit. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, yes. no, <laughs> got to play by the rules, don't you? That's it. Yeah, but um, yeah, pretty much the last night, night we were kind of scurrying to try finish the keg off, and uh, with Dad and myself drinking, we we managed to get it all done. But uh, yeah, it was actually one of the best. Well holidays done to you too. <laughs> yes, I know. I think we deserve a award. <laughs> so, but it was one of the most relaxing um, holidays I've been on. It was just so great to just to sit there and just it's just so tranquil, and it was just flat as in the mornings and. Um, if you want to have a fish, you can catch the the, Mar- the, the Murray fish there as well, and um, help South Australia out and eradicate one of the, the fish problems we have here as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like an absolutely fantastic trip. So, just remind us again who who did you do that through? So that's through the Woolshed Brewery. They're um, out of Renmark. Yep. Yeah. So they um, they actually taken over an old uh, Woolshed. Uh, they've been there for a while. Um, they've got quite a range now. Um, and they also started to can a few beers as well. So, yeah, they've got quite a range. They've, it's a really busy place. You, in, in the afternoon, you'll see um, houseboats pulling up behind the brewery. So you can actually pull up any houseboat you want behind the brewery there and you can go in and have a bit of a session and then, you know, retire there for the night and then take off in the morning. Absolutely fantastic, mate. Thanks for sharing your story with me tonight. It's just a, another awesome way to incorporate great tasting craft beers into tourism, this one in Australia, which is which is great to see. And uh, shout out to the Woolshare Brewery for doing something absolutely fantastic. Hopefully. Hopefully uh, one day I might get myself over there to South Australia to uh, experience this for myself. So, Matt, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Tonight I've got with me the founder of We Love Craft Beer Australia, Nigel Ailing. Nigel is a very passionate bloke when it comes to craft beer and I thought he'd get on here and tell us a bit of a story about uh, one of his beer tourism adventures in the past. So, mate, welcome aboard. Thanks, Chris. Pleasure to be here, mate. So glad to have you on board, mate. Just give us a bit of a background about your uh, experiences in craft beer and what you actually get up to these days because I, I know you're, you're a very passionate man when it comes to the craft beer. Yeah, well, as I said, uh, We Love Craft Beer is is the passion um, project at the moment, which is really about just connecting people um, with craft beer, helping educate them and uh, getting them interested uh, and uh, helping them along their journey. So it's, uh, you know, we got about uh, 10,000 members around the country. Um, most of them are through our uh, Facebook group, um, but, you know, we have website, YouTube, all that sort of stuff as well. But it's just really about connecting people who share a passion for craft beer. Uh, and, mate, I've got to say, it's been sensational. It's certainly helped me out with uh, spreading my uh, silly videos and all that sort of stuff uh, out through the community. So you, you do a, you do a great thing. And at, at some stage in the future, I know I've promised you that we'll, uh, we'll jump on and, and talk about all things you know, social media in, in the craft beer world. And uh, I'll look forward to having that chat soon. 
But tonight, let's take it back to the 80s. And I know you've got a little bit of a story about how you got your, your craft beer journey started all the way back when some of the listeners may not have even been born. So what did you get up to, mate? Well, like every good young Australian lad, I sort of grew up and then you know, drinking you know copious amount of Australian lager twoies or whatever was on tap um, and used to, used to drink to excess. But then, you know, in the 80s or late 80s. Saw the light. Yeah, yeah, there was no there was no halfway when you're 18 or 19, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, in the late 80s, uh, I went over to Europe and travelled around Europe with a mate um, and just sort of found a whole other side of beer um, just travelling through there. And so whereabouts in Europe were you when you sort of discovered these uh, these new styles of beer? Um, predominantly it was in Germany. And, uh, Good you place know, to start. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the... I guess one of the homes of uh, beer. Um, but yeah, it was just that sort of thing, like, you know, growing up drinking Australian lagers, which were sort of tasteless and water, watery. And then you go over there and just try their lagers and it just opens you to a whole new world. There was just so many different styles and flavours and it was just, it was mind blowing. And so what did you do? Did you sort of get the experience where you jumped around a a few pubs or were you going and visiting breweries and or did you have like a, a bit of a, a craft beer Yoda to take you around and show you the sites and the places? What happened? Yeah, no, nothing like that at all. In fact, we were there on a ski <laughs> trip. So we just sort of, uh, we were just a couple of backpackers bumming around. Um, but, you know, it, the, the great thing about it is, you know, if you've been to Europe, you'd know is like every little town, basically they have their own brewery, they have their own, uh, you know, their own styles of beers, you know, I mean, just within lagers itself, you know, people in Australia say, oh, lagers are a boring uh, style, but, you know, they got wheat beers, box, doppelbox, Kolsch, Fest beers, Hells, you know, Viennas, Dunkles, yeah. you know, it just keeps going on and on. And uh, every every sort of town, every um, brewery, the, you know, they would have one of those styles. So, you know, every place had their own, you know, wheat beer and every, every place had their own um, Vienna or something like that. So you just, everywhere you went, you just got a different experience, you know, which was totally different. Again, in Australia, you could travel all around the country and, you know, you'd probably only still get five yeah. or six different beers yeah. in Australia. And what about the townships themselves? Themselves. Was there a bit of a culture that was a bit of a rub off from the from those breweries, and that sort of proliferated through the town? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, there's different areas within um, you know the country that uh, are more sort of famous for different styles. Like if you go to Bamberg, for instance, they're into their rauk beers, yeah. you know, the smoked beers, and you know, uh, so different areas would have different styles of beers that were more prominent, but. It's also a different culture, you know. It, it's not about just how much you can drink and, you know, drink yeah. and fall down type thing. It's about appreciation of the beer and there's so much history. I mean, you know, uh, breweries there that are going back uh, pretty much a 1,000 years, yeah. like the Vine Stefanen Brewery is going to be a 1,000 years old in, um, you know, 2040. It's, it's just – it is. And, you know, I mean, you go back and, and look at the things that the, the German uh, – you know, not just German but around Europe, those um, – some of those breweries, you know, over well, coming up to a thousand years old, and they've just been brewing. You know, the the German purity law, you know, yeah. that's been around since fifteen sixteen. You know, and we talk about craft being a new thing, but really, you know, I mean, these guys set out a law in the, in stone, you know, uh, 
that's you know five hundred yeah. years ago about how to make you know good quality beer. So it's See, not new what we're talking about. Those Germans are probably making fun of us Australians in the way that you make fun of us Tasmanians for being behind the times. <laughs> well, you, you know you're behind the times. Um, <laughs> the difference is Australia. We I, I think you know all these people coming into the craft beer think we you know we're at the cutting edge and like we're really at the at, at the bum end of it. Really, I mean it's been going on for decades and years. Yeah. It's funny that you had your uh, craft beer epiphany probably, you know, almost 30 years before you started We Love Craft Beer. How, how weird's that? Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing, you know, it's funny because often people will post something like, oh, you know, how long have you been into craft beer? And it's like, oh, I've been into this for five years or I've been into it 10 years or whatever. And like really, honestly, craft the, the craft beer culture or the craft beer awakening in Australia is probably not much more than that old. You know, it's sort of five to 10 years old. Obviously, America led the charge in the sort of current craft beer revolution, but beer, forget the word craft and just call it beer, this thing's been going on for a long time. And, you know, so, um, you know, even me saying I went back, you know, to the 80s, which seems like, you know, forever, yeah. um, but you know, these, these people have been brewing for a thousand years or before, oh, you know, yeah. that, that's Absolutely, just the current yeah. ones, you know, that go back even further than yeah. that. So, Oh, mate, it's a fantastic story. I'm glad you got to experience all those cool uh, breweries back in the 80s and hopefully one day soon you might be able to get back over there and, and see if it's changed just a little bit, do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, I really do want to get back because I, I know that, you know, there's there's still lots of places that more stuff that I didn't know then that I do now. I really want to go back to, you know, uh, the Czech Republic and yeah. I'm a big Pilsner fan. Um, so I want to go back to, to Pilsen where it all started and be able to drink, you know, unfiltered Pilsner or Kel, um, you know, from from the source and that sort of stuff. And, and then you've got places like Belgium and, you know, the, the whole country, the whole U- European country. Uh, area over there just full of you know rich tradition and uh, and a great culture which i'd really love to go back and experience again as a as an older wiser (laughs) (laughs) more more uh more you know somebody who's who's been around the park a few more times yeah maybe you could get a sponsor and when we left craft beer hits fifteen thousand members you could uh, get a sponsored trip over there and, and do an awesome beer tour. That would be unreal. Mate, don't think I haven't been thinking that one through. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I know, yeah. But, and it only reminded me just the other day when the beer pilgrim was talking about taking uh, people to uh, west coast of USA. I was thinking this, there's no reason why Nigel can't maybe go and do one in Europe or somewhere like that. Yeah, for sure, mate. It, it, it's definitely something I want to do and whether I do it, uh, you know, with a group of people or with a sponsor or whether I just go back and do it myself, it's certainly something I want to do. I see it as now it's really more of a pilgrimage. I want to go back and really, you know, connect back again with that sort of stuff because, um, yeah, it's, I mean, what what we've got going on in Australia at the moment is awesome, um, you know, with so many new breweries popping up and all these different styles. But I think you just got to pay uh, some sort of homage to the history as well, you know, even, you know, Coopers, you know, people talk about Coopers here in Australia and it not being craft, mate, they they started the craft thing here in Australia 150 years ago. Yep. So, um, you know, if you don't if you don't think craft, uh, Coopers are craft, um, I think you need to, you know, look at the history books. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, mate, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for sharing your story. And hopefully at some stage soon, we'll, as I said, we'll get you on and, and maybe in the not-too-distant future you get to go and take that trip. So thanks for sharing your story about uh, beer tourism tonight, mate. Pleasure, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me. All 
Alrighty, my third guest on this uh, first episode of these beer tourism stories is a bloke by the name of Steve Curtin. Now, Steve, he does Ranger reviews on YouTube. I've seen this week, so he's a bit of a craft beer nut as well. So, uh, mate, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, Chris. Tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Um, yeah, so I'm 33 years old. Got into craft beer probably maybe two or three years ago. Um, I don't know really how it came about. I was just, I suppose, the last few years it's become more of a thing. Um, it's easy to access. Um, I remember a few years ago, you know, trying a 150 Lashes pale ale and thinking that was a bit too fruity. So um, <laughs> my tastes have definitely changed over the years. Um, and now I'm just all about trying to get my hands on as many weird and wonderful beers as I can, yeah, access really. Sounds good. Mate, can I let you in on a little secret? What's that? Well, it's not going to be a little secret after this goes out, but and I'm going to sound like a wanker, but anyway, I'll say it. I, uh, I brewed the first ever um, test batch of 150 Lashes when I was at Lyon. Oh, did you? Yeah. There you go. I bet I hate you. That's my one claim to fame. I helped, helped a bloke oh, by the oh, name of cool. Rob Freshwater brew that in a little test kit. It was awesome. But this is not about me tonight. This is about beer tourism. And uh, you've told me on uh, on Facebook Messenger this week that you uh, recently spent some time in San Diego, which is a bit of a craft beer mecca, somewhere I want to go back to one day now that I've had my craft beer epiphany because last time I was there I um, had not a clue and now it's just absolutely exploded. So, mate, uh, what were you doing over in San Diego? Yeah, so I um, went to the US in July last year and, um, yeah, wanted to go to San Diego. Hadn't been there, been to the States a couple of times before, but really wanted to go there just to, you know, check out the town and also because it has a reputation for, yeah, being a craft beer Mecca, really. One of the sort of the real big draw cards for me was um, Belching Beaver, uh, located um, down in San Diego. Yep. And um, I'd first got onto them from the Deftones, I think, Instagram page when they were announcing their Phantom Bride um, IPA collaboration uh, a little while ago. So I've sort of been following them on Instagram and um, Facebook for a little while. And um, when I had the opportunity to to head down there, we were also going to go to the San Diego Zoo, but um, I won't lie, 50% of the reason we went was for beer. Um, and so, yeah, that was sort of the real big draw card for me and um, to, to go there and, and try the um, the Deftones beers because I'd been trying to get my hands on them in Australia for a good 12 months or so and no one had any um, in stock. So I got to... Um, Got to try them there, fresh from the tap um, at North Park location in in San Diego. Yeah, nice. They, they are a ripping range of beers too, by the way. I've I've had a few when I was in Hawaii, and I loved the peanut butter milk stout. Yeah, that's right. And I, like, I, obviously, you know, I, so I'm a Deftones fan. Um, yeah. From you know, from a long time ago. So that was sort of the real reason that drew me to it. And then as I was sort of starting to follow them on you know Instagram and things. I, you know, realised that they were actually a, a decent brewery and had good reviews and um, were re- well regarded, particularly in um, yeah that peanut butter milk stout that you mentioned. So yeah, I was sort of keen to try and um, and see what they had and see what I thought of it, and I certainly wasn't disappointed. So uh, what what sort of size is the Belgian Beaver Brewery? Um, so the, I think their main brew facility um, is in um, Oceanside, I think, in San Diego. I don't know how how big it is, um, but that's sort of their main facility, which is. Um, it's sort of actually like a, a suburb. Well, it's probably actually really another town, a bit um, bit north of San Diego. So on the drive down from from LA to San Diego, so I didn't stop in there. But then they have three or four tap rooms in sort of San Diego itself. And yep. the one we went to is at yeah North Park, which is sort of a fifteen minute drive from the 
from the gas lamp sort of district, which is the main sort of downtown yep. area. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's just sort of set up there. Um, I don't know, don't really know what else was around there. We just went straight to the brewery and um, or the or the tap room, I should say. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. And what about so, the general vibe of San Diego with craft beer? I mean, as I said, yeah, I've I've been there before, but that was prior to my craft beer journey. But you hear people talk about like they are just nuts. I mean, we we know in Australia we've got regions that are. You know, absolutely cracking with um, you know craft beer, Melbourne, Marrickville, WA, Tassie, whatever. But uh, San Diego is a bit of a next level thing, isn't it? As you said, next level is the best way to describe it. I I knew that it was um, you know San Diego was all about the craft beer, but I couldn't believe it. It was you go to like any regular bar in San Diego has more craft beers on tap than most craft beer bars in Australia do. And obviously bigger population and stuff over there, but it is craft beer everywhere you go. Like there'd be 20 taps at, you know, just little bars that you go to with all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff on tap. And, um, you know, it was was like a kid in a candy shop. It's like, you just want to try them all, but, um, you do that and you'll um, will you out. end up very messy very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> did you did you get to meet and talk with any of the other the craft beer nuts around the place when you're in these bars? Yeah, just um, like at Belgian Beaver, I had a chat just with one of the bar staff guys there. Um, I just happened to be wearing a, a Parkway Drive t shirt, yep. which is Australian yep. band that um, that he followed, and so we just started having a chat about you know bands and music and um, and yeah, then talking about the beers and stuff as well. So. And, you know, they were just happy to look after us and, you know, I, I had um, a couple of tasting paddles and um, even my wife, who's not a beer drinker, tried. They have a um, a beer float, so it's like um, they have the milk and cookie stout with um, cookie dough ice cream in it. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, so, and it comes out like in a huge big, um, you know, like Stein sort of pint at least. But, yeah, so we were just sort of chatting and, you know, I bought a, um, a T-shirt and stuff while I was there, so, yeah. And what about the comparison between what you saw in San Diego and, say, what we're doing in Australia at some of our breweries? Do you think we're uh, sort of up to speed doing it as well as or maybe we've got a little bit of stuff to learn perhaps? I think it, uh, it's hard to call. I think, you know, we're doing things differently and I think that's good. Every every country has to have their own identity. You can't just do the same, you know, copy what somebody else is doing and obviously, you know, when it, when it comes back to, what sort of, you know, hops and things are available or just, you know, this the sort of style that fits um, well with, you know, the climate. Obviously, you know, California's sunny most of the year round, so there's a lot of sort of fruity, tropical, you know, summer beers and things. But then by the same token, um, Belching Beaver is renowned for their stouts, which is, you know, not really a no. so much of a summer beer, but, um, you know, they're, they're doing that and pushing the envelope with, um, you know, different things. But I suppose since I've gotten to craft beer, I've, I've realised that, yeah, there's all sorts of things that um, Australian breweries are doing that are, you know, just as weird and wonderful as, as others overseas and, and, you know, the flavours and things that you get. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's, you know, better or worse. I think it's just different. Oh, fair enough, mate. I just thought I'd, just thought I'd ask you your opinion because uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. they say that they're ahead of us over there, but I think uh, our industry over here is, is very strong now and we're, start to blaze our own trail so yeah i think so i think you know um san diego is probably um you know and, and california is where it all started as far as you know like the sierra nevadas and that, those you know stone brewing those sort of um big names so they've been around for a while and they probably helped kick things off and it's and it's sort of really exploded over there um so i guess we're probably uh, you know a little bit behind in that um we're not you know, accessibility sort of thing. Like we went to the um, the baseball in Los Angeles 
and they have like a you know a craft beer bar there for yeah. um, you know one of the local breweries and. Yep. There's a little bit of that in Australia, but you know, mostly it's you know VB and Forex or whatever at the at the you know the footy or the cricket. Yeah. Whereas you know, but by the same token, over in Canberra they have um, bent spoke um, at the at the baseball stadium there. So you know there is some of that coming through, but it's just the accessibility, and I suppose it comes back to having a smaller market. There's um, you know there's less demand for for craft beer in, in those sorts of environments than, you know, your standard, um, you know, yeah, wine and yeah, that sort enough. of stuff. So. Well, mate, my, my next yeah. question for you is when is your next craft beer holiday? Oh, as soon as I can get one, really. Um, <laughs> we, we just went to uh, Tasmania a few weeks ago too, and um, so that was cool to check out some yeah. uh, some of the craft beer down there. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. So really anywhere I, anywhere I go now, I just try and suss out, um, you know, Try the local beers if, if, if I can, yeah. And it, and probably that's where it um it started for me too. As I said, I can't really pinpoint where I started to get into it, but it was probably more on on holidays and things. I remember going to um, Hope Brew House at um at Nelson Bay up there and um spent you know a couple of afternoons there and you know managed to con- convince my wife to go back for another day. And as I said, she's not a beer drinker, so yeah, just as much as I can and. And uh, that was one thing I did find in Tasmania that there was quite a lot of availability of um, of local beers at just you know random restaurants and stuff. I tried a few of the T Bone um, Brewing Co down there, and a bit bit more of it available than you know some other places around yeah. around Australia. Uh, so they, they do I think it just depends here. on the area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, mate, thanks for uh, sharing your uh, your beer tourism stories with me tonight. Uh, it's, it's great to hear, mate, and you're obviously very passionate. So. Uh, Good luck with the YouTube channel. What's it called again? Ranger Reviews Craft Beer. I love it. I love it. Great stuff, mate. Thanks for your time tonight. Cheers. No worries. Thanks a lot, Chris. So there you go. Three great stories from three great blokes all loving craft beer. Do you want to tell your story? Well, shoot me an email, beerhealer at internode.on.net or message me on Facebook. tuning into another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends. <laughs>